Matthew 28, verses 1 through 8. Matthew 28, 1 through 8. Hallelujah. Verse number 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Come on, somebody. Verse 3. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. Watch this next part. He is not here. Woo. If this is all I say today, this is enough. He, 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 he isn't here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see. Man, I, I feel the anointing already. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Father, we honor you. We glorify you. We thank you that there is an empty tomb in Jerusalem today and our Savior is alive just as he spoke, just as he prophesied. And Lord, your word is true and everything you speak comes to pass. So Lord, I praise you right now for that coming forth out of that borrowed tomb. And Lord, I pray right now, let your name be exalted and glorified throughout this earth. And I pray right now, God, the anointing of your Holy Spirit on all of us today. And I ask this now in that wonderful, most holy name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And everybody said, come on. And everybody said, amen. Give God a big 10-second hand clap in the house right now. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give him a shout of praise. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I told the Friday night, Good Friday crowd that there were three events in human history that impacted mankind more than any other events. The first one was the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The second was him dying on the cross. And the third event that impacted mankind for all eternity is the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus. Can I get a witness right now? I know people want to call this Easter Sunday, but I call it Resurrection Sunday because uh, this is the day that Christians around the globe are celebrating the resurrection of our Savior. Savior. If you didn't know it or not, our Savior is alive and well. Our God is alive. Our God's not dead. I just come to tell somebody today some good news today. Our God is alive and well. Our Savior is alive. He's no longer in that tomb. Let me go a step further. He's no longer in an empty, borrowed tomb. 
it was borrowed because Jesus knew he wasn't going to stay there very long. Come on, somebody. That ought to make you want to praise him right now. He knew he wasn't going to stay there because three days later, he rose again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today is Resurrection Sunday. There's resurrection power here. There's resurrection power in you. Everywhere we go, there is resurrection power. We get excited because it is Resurrection Sunday. But every day of our life as a believer, it is Resurrection Day. Oh, come on. Did you hear me now? If you are a born-again, blood-bought child of the Most High, every day of your life should be Resurrection Day. Amen. Amen. So despite what circumstances you may be going through today, despite what CNN or Fox News, all these news outlets are saying, we have hope in the Word of God. And I just read it for you. There's an empty tomb, and He is risen. Somebody ought to give Him some praise right now. You talk about being victorious. Jesus gives us victory because of the cross and because of the resurrection. Hallelujah. So I'm going to talk from my heart. I'm going to teach, preach, whatever you want to call it, for the next few minutes on this subject. Victory at the cross. Victory at the cross. I had about three different messages that I was wanting to preach today, and I know it's Resurrection Sunday, and I'm going to talk about the resurrection a lot today, but I never ever want us to forsake what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary. So I'm going to be talking today on this subject, victory at the cross. So right now, tell somebody down your row, tell somebody down your aisle, there is victory at the cross. Tell somebody that. There's victory at the cross. The love of Jesus displayed while he was suspended between heaven and earth gives us victory in this life. I'm going to need a little feedback from people today in the house. Let me say that again. The love that our Savior, Jesus Christ, displayed while he was suspended between heaven and earth is what gives us victory in this life. Can I get an amen? I'm sure many of you have had some ups and downs in your life. I'm sure some of you had had some storms and trials and battles come your way. If you have breath in your lungs and you have a heartbeat today, you've gone through some things. Can I, can I get a witness? Just wave at me right now. Some of you may be going through something even today, I have no idea. But please hear what I'm about to say. Your victory, and if you're taking notes, please write this down. This is powerful. Your victory in life is not a matter of choices, accidents, or happenstance. But your victory in life is based on one thing, and here it is. It's what Christ Jesus done for us at a place called Calvary. I'm going to say that one more time. Your victory in life is based on one thing, and it's what Jesus did at a place called Calvary. Our Lord and Savior Jesus went to the cross of Calvary to secure our victory. Can I get an amen? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ went to the cross for you. You got to make it personal. Too many people want to make Christianity about a religion. And yes, it is a religion, but let me tell you, it's way more than that. It is a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus went to the cross for you. And that is what secures our victory. Amen. So he went to this place called Calvary. Somebody say Calvary. Calvary and Golgotha are the same thing. Please hear me. Let me teach for just a minute here. Calvary comes from the Latin word calvaria, which means skull. And Golgotha is the Aramaic word meaning 
skull. And a lot of theologians will say that Jesus was crucified at Mount Calvary or Golgotha's hill because in the natural, that hillside is carved out in the natural and it kind of looks like a skull. You ever seen pictures of this? The mountainside kind of looks like a skull. Well, that's in the natural. Our God is supernatural. Can I get an amen? So let me just teach for just a minute, but for me to do this, we got to go all the way back to the book of Genesis, chapter number three, verse number 15. Amen. Amen. Scripture tells us this in Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Let me stop and just talk for just a moment here. Adam and Eve, they just disobeyed God. They ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God was talking to him. And then he stops and he has this conversation. The Lord God Almighty has this conversation with the slippery, slimy serpent. And he begins to say this to, to Satan, to the, to the devil, to the enemy of our soul. He says, I, this is God, I will put enmity. Meaning there's going to be division. There's going to be opposing forces, light against darkness. I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, the enemy and we know Mary is what this is talking about. And between your offspring, the world, demonic spirits, and hers, meaning Jesus. Come on. And he, meaning Jesus, will crush your head. Please hang with me. And you will strike his heel. I told you all this to say what I'm about to say right now. That mountain may look like a skull in the natural, but what Jesus did in the supernatural, only he can do. Because when Jesus was on that cross, please hear me. I told you that, that, that he, Jesus, would crush the enemy's head, right? What's a head? It's a skull. When Jesus was on Calvary at Golgotha, and they drove the spikes through his feet, went through his ankle and his heel bone. And I studied this, and doctors said that his heel would have been extremely bruised. And let me explain why. Because when Jesus was on the cross, his legs would have been bent like this. And the only way that he would be able to get a breath is to push up every time. And doctors say that his heel would have been hurting and extremely bruised. But I like to say it like this. Every time Jesus pushed up, he was crushing on the devil's head. Are you hearing me right? Every time Jesus pushed up, he was on that skull. Every time he pushed up, he was crushing just a little bit more on the devil's head until the last time Jesus pushed up and he said, it is finished. I feel like preaching for just a minute on that that last time when Jesus said it is finished, let me tell you, the devil's skull was crushed once and for all. Can I get a witness right now? Hallelujah. You may think in the natural they call it the place of the skull because it looks like, no, no, no. It's where Jesus crushed the enemy's skull. I wish somebody would give God some praise right now. We have victory at the cross. Can I get an amen? Jesus made a public spectacle and made a mockery of the enemy when he said it is finished. Come on, that ought to make you excited right now. Hallelujah. Jesus, 
gave us victory at the cross. Well, what kind of victories did Jesus give us at the cross? Here we go. Number one, victory over sickness and disease. Did you hear that? Jesus gave us victory at the cross over sickness and disease. 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins. We know this. That's what he did at the cross. In his body on the cross so that, so that, he, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. Watch this. By his wounds you have been healed. Peter was referencing Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah says we are. Peter says we were. Either way, we're healed. There's victory at the cross. Can somebody say amen right now? Jesus, after he was arrested in the garden, you know the story. He was taken. He was scourged. He was beaten. He was battered. He was bruised. His blood flowed for you and for me. You and I, please hear your pastor today. You and I have victory over sickness and disease because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness right now in this house? Amen. Amen. Victory. Somebody say victory. 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 Jesus, when he was on the cross of Calvary, gave us victory over sickness and disease. You ought to believe that today. Don't believe the report of the the doctors. We're going to believe the report of the Lord over your life, over my life. Come on, somebody. Amen. He gave us victory over this. Second thing. Victory at the cross through Jesus Christ. Victory over storms of this life. Matthew 8, 23 to 27. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. Don't you love that Jesus can rebuke the winds and the sea? And there was a great calm. Somebody say great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Hallelujah. One of the gospels that records this same passage, they have Jesus saying, peace, be still. Jesus spoke peace to the storm. Jesus rebuked the raging storm and there was a great calm. Thank God, my brothers and sisters, that we have a risen savior that can bring peace to any situation. As believers in Jesus Christ, no matter what you are facing today, please hear me. I can't preach this enough. No matter what you're facing today, you can have peace in any situation. Some of you are going through some things. Some of you are going through a storm. Some of you are going through a trial. Some of you maybe are are going through some type of relational breakup, a a divorce, or or something horrific like that. Maybe you've lost a loved one and buried a loved one recently. I'm telling you, Jesus can bring peace to any situation. Did you hear me? He can bring peace. That, That is a promise from him. And let me just say this. 
Sometimes Jesus will look at the storm in your life and say, peace, be still. And oftentimes the storm will rage, but he'll look at his child and say, peace, be still. Sometimes he calms the storm, but sometimes he calms his children. But either way, we have peace in him. Can somebody say amen? Anybody in this house ever gone through something and it just seemed mind-blowing in the natural, but you had this peace, you had this blessed assurance that you knew everything was going to be okay? Wave at me right now if that's you. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus gives us. That is victory at the cross. That's what he did for you and for me. He brings peace to every situation. Hallelujah. So as your pastor today, I just want to speak peace over all of you. Is that okay? Can I just speak peace? I want to be the neighborhood hope dealer today. There's too many dope dealers around Illinois. I want to be a hope dealer. So I just want to speak some hope and encouragement over all of you today in the mighty name of Jesus. So peace, be still. Whatever it is you're going through, in Jesus' name, peace, be still. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's move on and find out some other victories that we have through Jesus Christ. Third one, we have victory to rise with him. Mm. Let me say that again. That's, that's good. We have victory to rise with him. Please hear what I'm about to say, and don't get it twisted, so please hang with me here. Before somebody can get up, before somebody can rise, that means they have to fall or they have to be down. Right? Does that make sense? To get up. So right now, you're all sitting down, but for you to, for you to get up, that means you were sitting, correct? Right? Right. In Matthew 27, we see that Jesus Christ he died on the cross. He was buried, placed in that borrowed grave of Joseph of Arimathea. So, in other words, Jesus was down. He, he, he was down. He wasn't down because of sin. He wasn't down because of anything like that, that he fell to sin. I'm, I'm referring to Jesus being down in the grave. Are you hanging with me so far? The enemy thought that he was finished. I'm sure Satan and his little cronies were rejoicing when, when, when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he took his last breath and they took him down from the cross and placed him in that tomb. I'm sure the enemy of our soul was rejoicing and thinking they were having a big heyday, a great time. We got him now. We got him now. No, 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 no. The devil was wrong. It's hard to keep a good man down. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I got good news from a graveyard. I about preached that today. I got good news from a graveyard. Because there is good news from a graveyard. Because Jesus isn't in that tomb any longer. He is alive and well. Give him some praise right now. Jesus rose from the grave. He was down, but he came out. Why? Because he is the resurrection and the life. John chapter number 11 most of you may know this passage of Scripture, this story. Jesus' dear friend Lazarus was dead, right? He goes to Bethany where, where Lazarus was at. And Lazarus' sister uh, Martha comes out to talk with him. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, even though you may die, you will rise again. That is a promise from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the resurrection and the life. You may be down right now in this thing called life, but you will rise again. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the natural, even in the natural, in this thing called life, we can rise up. 
The Bible says a righteous man may fall down seven times, but he rises again. So whatever you're going through today, you may trip, you may mess up, but don't stay there. Get up. Did you hear me? You may be going through this thing called life, and, and you may not uh, measure up to what your spouse thinks you might may, need to be at. Or your pastor may look at you and think, man, I know they can be doing a little bit better. You know, but, but listen, you may stumble, you may trip, you may fall, but don't stay down. Get up. Somebody say, get up. Elbow your neighbor and say, get up. Elbow them softly. Say, get up. That's the power that Jesus gives us. We have victory at the cross. Can I get an amen? But that's in the natural. And then later on, we will rise again with him for all eternity. And that'll lead me up to my fourth point. We have victory to live and not die. Woo, come on. The cross gives us victory to live and not die. This is the greatest one, I believe. The cross gives all of us. Are there any Christians in the house today? Wave at me. If you've ever surrendered your heart to Jesus and had that blood applied. One more time, wave at me. Wave at me. If you're a Christian, every hand ought to be up in here. If not, I'm praying with you at the end of service. Amen. Hallelujah. What Jesus did at the cross, I don't even think we can truly comprehend. But he has given us victory to live and not die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, he conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he is alive forevermore. Let me say that again, because I just told you a moment ago, there's some things that I say that should get a little bit of a response, and that is probably the most important statement that I'll make all day. That is the most profound statement that I will make today. Jesus Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave, and Jesus is alive forevermore. Somebody give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Revelation 1 verse 18, Jesus said, I am he that lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I love this last part. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Come on. Jesus went to the depths of hell and took back the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Give him some praise in the house. You may say, well, I think that's symbolic. I don't know if it's literal or symbolic, but something happened in the spirit. Jesus marched down into hell, snatched up the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And because of that, we can live and not die. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we call upon his name for salvation, we don't, we don't ever have to be concerned with death ever again. Did you hear that? If you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, we don't ever, ever, ever have to be concerned with death ever again. I don't know how people make it through life without him. 
I don't know how people wake up in the mornings without him. I don't know how they lay their head down at night without him. I don't know how people have funeral services and not know him. But those of us that know him and truly know him, and we've surrendered our hearts to him, we never, ever have to be concerned with death ever again because Jesus paid the price for you and I, and we have victory at the cross. Can you say amen? In 1 Peter chapter number 1, the Bible declares that we were bought with the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without spot or without blemish. And God raised him up in the glory, and if we believe on him, we would have eternal life, and that is a promise. So I want to know today, do you believe on him? Have you believed on him as scripture has said? Do you truly believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin and rose again three days later? It'll surprise you, my friends, that there are people that'll come to church every Sunday and they have a hard time. They struggle with truly believing that Jesus really went to a cross just for them. They'll think that he did, did it for somebody else, but they have a hard time accepting that and believing that he did it just for them. But I'm here to tell you, he did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for all mankind. He did it for anyone who would accept him and believe on him. And because of what he did at the cross of Calvary, we can live forevermore with him for all eternity. Can somebody say amen right now? Hallelujah. In Exodus chapter 11 and 12, the Bible tells us that the death angel passed over the children of Israel because of their obedience by applying the blood of the Lamb. Beautiful illustration of what took place in the New Testament with Jesus Christ. Amen. But the ones who were saved, the ones who had the death angel pass over them, were the ones that were obedient to the voice of God by applying the blood over their life and their family. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. The death angel will pass over all of us as well when we apply the blood of the true lamb of God. And that is Christ Jesus. We'll be raised to new life, eternal life without fear of ever being separated from Jesus for all eternity. Our hope is in him, and it's all because of what he did at a place called Calvary. Are you hearing me? So many times I've, I've thought about this a lot recently just because it's passion, been Passion Week, Holy Week, the, the last week of the life of Christ. I think too many times people attend church and, and they're so focused on what they've done wrong and, all, you know, and, and their mess-ups and their hang-ups and the sin that they're in. And I started thinking about this. That's what the enemy does. He will start pointing out all of your mess-ups. He'll start pointing out all of your sin. Thank God for conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's something different, okay? I'm talking about condemnation from the pit of hell where the enemy of your soul will start pointing out everything that you've ever done wrong, and you'll start feeling like you're never worthy. You could never be saved. You can never get right with God. But I'm here to tell you right now, you can't do it in your own strength. But it's what Jesus did at a place called Calvary. He made the way. He paid the debt 
The debt that we owed, he paid it for you. He paid it for me. Thank God. I got emotional this week just thinking about this. We take the cross of Christ for granted. But there's victory at the cross. Jesus paid the price, the ultimate price for you and for me so we can spend eternity with him forever and ever and ever. That ought to make you excited. So when the enemy starts calling out your sin, you rebuke him because Satan will look at your sin, but God looks at his son. Come on, somebody. Satan has to look at you now through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about anybody else, but I've been covered by the blood. Have you been covered by the blood of the lamb? Yeah, if you've been covered by the blood of the lamb, that death angel will pass over you and you'll be with God forever and ever and ever for all eternity. But you got to apply the blood. Coming to church ain't going to do it. Coming to church because your wife nags you to get here ain't going to do it. Don't touch nobody, Troy. No, I, 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 I'm te- I'm, you know, I'm teasing back here. But I'm being serious. Let me just stop and talk for a minute. I, I feel that strongly. Coming to church. Thank God you come. Keep coming. But coming to church on Sundays does not make you a Christian. Being a Christian will want you to come to church. But coming to church does not make you a Christian. How you become born again is through the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to apply the blood. Are you hearing me? You have to apply the blood. I'm talking to somebody in this house right now. You think, you think everything's okay. You think you got it all together, but you've never truly surrendered your life and have that intimate relationship with him. You've never truly applied the blood of the lamb over you. Please hear your pastor. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you need to apply the blood of, over your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What Jesus did at the cross, we can never, ever take for granted. Can I get an Amen. He lives forevermore. He died in our place so we could live forever. He gave his life in exchange for ours so we could fulfill our God-called destinies. Jesus was arrested. He was mocked. He was beaten. He was spat upon. He was humiliated. He was tortured. And then he carried his own cross to Calvary's hill to hang between two thieves. And he bridged the gap between heaven and earth, between sinful man and a holy God. He did it out of love. People say those nails hung, held him to that cross. No, 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 no. He could have called down thousands upon thousands and millions of angels to come to rescue him. But his love for you held him on that cross. He come to give you life and life more abundantly, and that's through the cross of Christ. He came and laid his life down on that cross so we could escape the punishment of sin and have everlasting life. Think about that. He laid his life down on that cross so we could have everlasting life.
So I want to challenge you all today. Don't ever go a day without thinking about what Jesus did on that cross for you. Thank God he's not on the cross. But we can't forget what he did at the cross. He ain't on it. But thank God for what he did at it. Hallelujah. But please don't ever go a day without thinking about what he did for you and for me at the place called Calvary. Don't let his death on the cross be in vain over your life. Accept him today. Begin to live this victorious life that he has secured for you. Maybe you're in here today and you've been a Christian for years and years, but you've been taking this cross for granted. Maybe you're here today and you think everything's all right. Maybe you're here today and you feel like all hell's busting loose in your life. It doesn't matter where you're at in your stage of life. We all need to cling to the old rugged cross. We all need to be reminded every day the victories we have at the cross of Calvary. Can I get an amen right now? I'm closing with this. If Brother RJ and Ashley would come up. Romans 10, 13. It's my favorite scripture in the whole Bible. I love a lot of scriptures, but this is definitely my very favorite one. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever, whosoever, I'm a whosoever, you're a whosoever, whoever, it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your skin color, it doesn't matter your, your monetary uh, amount, that amount of money you have, doesn't matter. All that matters is you're a whosoever and you can call on Jesus for salvation. Can I get an amen right now? Would you stand to your feet? Right where you are, even though you may have given your life to Jesus a long time ago, but right where you are, I want everybody to just start calling on the name of Jesus. This altar is going to be open in just a moment after I pray, but I want you to realize what Jesus did at that place called Calvary as he hung on that cruel cross so we could have victory in this life and in the next. Did you hear me? What Jesus did at that place called Calvary, he secured our victory in this life and in the next. He gave you victory over sickness and disease. He gave you victory to have peace over storms of this life. He gave you victory to rise again. He gave you victory at the cross to live and never die. Wow. That's what the cross will do. But we have to be reminded from time to time of the cross and the victories of the cross and that his blood was shed for you and for me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. This day that we could come together as family, as a church, as a body of believers, as brothers and sisters, 
to celebrate and commemorate the resurrection of our Savior. We thank you. We love you. We honor you. We are grateful, Lord, that you robed yourself in the flesh and came to this earth and paid that price because you knew we couldn't do it. Thank you for going to that place called Calvary where you crushed the enemy's head once and for all. Father, I pray for each and every one that's in this house right now and those that are watching on Facebook and YouTube that we would all just reflect back right now of that place called Calvary where you said it is finished. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. We thank you for the victory of the cross. We thank you, Lord, that we have life through your blood because we know life is in the blood. And Father, right now, I plead your blood over every person in this house from the top of their head to the bottoms of their feet. I speak life and not death. I speak healing into their body. And Lord, I believe and we have hope that we will rise again with you in the resurrection. So Lord, I pray right now that you begin to move on hearts. In Jesus' name I pray.